Well, I do want to thank you for being here today and uh, coming into the house of God. You know, I know that this is, we celebrate the 4th of July. Well, I did not do a 4th of July message. In a way, it is. But uh, 4th of July is about our freedom. And do you not realize when you preach Jesus Christ, you're preaching freedom? That is why He came. To free us from the devil, from the world, and from all things that come against us. You know, God said in John 3.17, I did not send my Son into to the world to condemn the world, but through Him the world might be saved. We are the world. He sent His Son that we might be saved, that we might know eternal life. And uh, the Bible tells us there's only one way and that's through Jesus Christ. He says, For I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You'll see many people say, Oh, I'm sure there's many ways. That's not what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying. He's saying there's one way, and that is through me, by believing I am the Son of God. I died, I rose the third day, and now I'm sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. If you believe that... You're saved. You know, what I wanted to do today, and I've, I've, always, I've always liked this because it's got such a message to it, and I think that we can learn from it, from, this, from these scriptures. We learn, we need to learn how to talk to other people about the Lord Jesus Christ, how to approach them, what to say to them, and to be a witness. In this story here, I simply call it God Saw Their Faith. This is a story about four men that had faith, and they had a friend that had the palsy, which means he was paralyzed. They was going to bring him to God, their faith, they knew in their heart and in their spirit that God could heal him. And the things that they went through shows their love, shows their faith. In this uh, scriptures here, we see sins are removed or forgiven. We see faith in God. Plus, we see a healing. All three of these things take place because these men did not give up hope. They found a way to get their friend to, into the presence of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to read, it's, it, it's Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 26. But this is such a good story, and it really should be a blessing to us to show us what God wants us to do. It starts out, verse 17, And it came to pass on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees, doctors of the law, which were the Sadducees, sitting by, which had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was present there. Of course, they did not believe that he was the Son of God. But if they had of, we're going to, you, you see that, that, that some people had some choices to make. We have a choice to make. Are you going to believe or are you going to reject Jesus Christ? And I just want to say it because I've seen too much of it, but when Jesus comes into the house, things happen. When Jesus is on the premise, something happens. In verse 18 it said, And behold, men brought in a bed. They called it a bed. What it really was was a, was a mat. It's one that you could roll up, carry with you, and everything like that. But it was, it was considered a bed. A, a, a bed. He said, and behold, a man brought in a bed or mat with a man who had palsy. Palsy simply means this man was paralyzed. And they looked for ways to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. And when they couldn't find a way to bring him in because of the multitude, because of the crowd of people that had come around because they heard Jesus was in the house. And they gathered just hundreds of people and they was trying to figure out a way. How are we going to get our friend in to see Jesus? They didn't see a way and they said they went up on the roof and let him down through the roof or the tiling with his bed in the midst of the people before Jesus. They crawled up on the roof, tore a hole in the roof, and then let their friend down right in front of Jesus. They was putting their friend where he needed to be. They was putting him in the presence of Almighty God. It said, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven. All right, we got a paralyzed man. What was the first thing that Jesus looked at? Sin. We've got to get rid of the sin so Jesus can do something in our life. Notice what he said. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. He didn't say you're healed. He didn't say get up and walk. But he said your sins are forgiven you. First things first, sin has to be forgiven. We have to get rid of that sin. It says that uh, when we have sin, that we cannot come before God because God cannot look upon sin. He turns his face away from it. But when we come and we say, Father, I have sinned. Forgive me of my sins. He hears that prayer. And when we mean it in our hearts, he forgives that sin. And then we are made right with God through the confession of sin. He removes that sin. Matter of fact, matter of fact, over in Psalms 103, he tells us, and I will forgive your sin, and I will remember it no more forever. I will cast it as far as the east is from the west. God forgives that sin, and he don't look back on it. He don't remember it again. Many of us have sin in our life, and that's still holding us back from having that relationship with God that we want. Oh, you see, God said, I won't remember it anymore. But Satan, your enemy, keeps bringing it up to you. Hey, 
You think your God can forgive you? Look at all the things you've done in your life. Look how you've sinned. He don't hear you. See, Satan's lying to you right there. He said, every word that comes out of Satan's mouth is a lie. He said, he is the father of all lies and the truth is not in him. So when he speaks, he lies. When he speaks, he speaks opposite of what God says. So that is another reason right there that we need to get into our Bible and know what the Word of God says. So when Satan comes against you, if this does not lie, if, if the word you hear does not line up with what God says, reject it. Get rid of it, because that's not God speaking. It's the devil. And he's lying to you. And many people have been deceived because of his lies, and they have not come to God. Because they say, He won't accept me. He won't accept me. I've done too much. He can't forgive me. There is no sin that is above God's grace. God can forgive any sin, and He will, because of His grace. It, and he, when, when Jesus said, Thy sins are forgiven thee, here in verse 21, it said, And the scribes and the Pharisees began to think, saying, Who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? What they don't realize, God was already forgiven those sins because they didn't believe Jesus was God. Jesus was God in the flesh. He came out of heaven to walk this earth. He still had his deity. Oh, he was flesh. But you know, he walked in flesh without sin. He walked in flesh and never sinned. But when Jesus perceived or when Jesus knew their thoughts, he answered saying unto them, What reason you in your heart? Or why are you thinking like this? And Jesus then asked, he says, Is it easier to say your sins be forgiven or to say rise up and walk? but that you may know that the Son of God has power upon earth to forgive sins, then he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, arise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man with palsy rose up and took his bed and, and took that which he lay on and departed to his own house glorifying God. Well, that man got up off of his... Can you imagine being paralyzed, can't move, that all of a sudden, you're normal. You can, you can walk, you can move, you can get around. It's, and he started praising God. I'll tell you what, if I was in that shape, I would definitely also be praising God with everything in me. Many times, we receive a healing by God. And sometimes we barely thank God for it. It's like we're not grateful. I've seen people that have laid on that bed and I've seen God touch them. And I saw such joy take place when they was able to get out of that bed and walk. They were literally praising God right there in the hospital. And I don't see anything wrong with that. They were 
praising God because they were so full of joy and so full of thanks for, to the Lord for what he did. You know, probably one guy that I really remember more so than all others, and y'all know him, most of you know him, Mark Patterson, one son-in-law. At that time, I didn't really know Juanita, but I got a phone call from Juanita. And she said, I, I was told that you would go to the hospital and visit people. I said, well, yes, I'll do that. And then she got to tell me about Mark. He was in Harris Hospital. His kidneys were shutting down. His liver was shutting down. They was giving him dialysis to try to keep everything going. I went in there. The first time I went in there, he wasn't in the room. And they said, oh, he's doing dialysis right now. But he'll be back in just a minute. He said, if you'll wait right down here in the waiting room, as soon as he gets back, I'll call you. I said, okay. Well, I go down, get me a cup of coffee, and sit there and wait. In a minute, the nurse calls me. I go in. Mark's laying in there in bed looking terrible. I introduced myself to him, and I just told him, I said, you know, Mark, you have a mother-in-law that just must love you all to pieces. She called me and asked me if I would come and pray for you. And I asked him, I said, would that be okay with you if I anoint you with oil, lay my hands on you, and pray over you? I looked down there and Mark had tears running down his face. He says, yes. I anointed him with oil, prayed over him, and we visited a little while. I said, I would like to come back and see you again. He said, please do. Not the next day, but the following day, I went back, prayed for him again. And he said he was feeling better. Then I went back again, and I go in there, the room is empty. Now this is human thinking. I asked the nurse, I said, where's Mark? They say, oh, he's gone. I thought she meant he died. I said, gone? She, I guess she thought. She said, oh, gone home, gone home. He's gone home. She said, liver started functioning. His kidneys started functioning. Everything was working just great. We couldn't do any more for him. We sent him home. See? Mark needs to be praising and thanking God. And I think, I think in his heart, he, really, he keeps telling me when I, when I see him, I'm coming back to church now. I'm going I'm to be back. Beth tells me, we're coming back. I said, I certainly hope you do. But at that time, Mark was very, very sincere in his praising. He was here for quite a while. Sometimes, and we don't know what happens, except the world starts trying to get a hold of you. And if we don't watch ourselves, the world will drag us back out. Mark still believes. Matter of fact, Mark came down here not long ago and wanted me to pray with him. He wanted to pray that Jesus would forgive him and walk with him. To forgive his sins and to, to, to receive him back. We prayed. But we need to hold on to what we do. We need to hold on to that confession. 
We need to walk with God. I haven't given up. I know he's coming back. There's no doubt in my mind. He will be back. Every time I see him, I don't even have to say anything. I'll be back before long. And I know he will. I know he's coming back. Because Juanita's going to see to that too. Juanita don't give up on him. She prays for him every single day. I pray for Mark and Beth and the family. And uh, I wish y'all would. Keep them in your prayers. And it says, and it said, like I said there, in verse 25, it said, And immediately the man with palsy rose up before them and took up that which he lay on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. He went back to his own house, singing praises, glorifying God as he walked. Nobody carried him home. Jesus said, Arise and walk. And that's exactly what he did. And he says, And all the people were amazed at what they saw. And they glorified God and were filled with fear or reverence for God. Saying, We have seen strange things today. When you come into God's presence, you're going to see many things that we probably don't understand and why they are happening. God himself, when he's in the house, notice Jesus was in a house teaching and preaching. There were so many people there that, they, that these four men could not get their friend in there to see him. They had to figure out something. But you know something? That's why I was just saying a while ago. Each individual person in that crowd that day had the choice to receive Jesus and believe in Him as the Son of God or they had the choice to reject Him. You, me, we all have that choice. God does not force us to, to receive Him. He wants us to, but He's not going to make us. It is our choice. I hope we've all made the correct and right choice and ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and to be our Lord and to be our Savior. That day, Jesus' deeds of healing and forgiveness brought glory to God. Do you realize when we serve God and the things that we do, it's not what you do, it's what God does through you. God uses man on this earth to accomplish what he wants done. When you pray, usually God will use somebody to answer your prayer. You ever had somebody all of a sudden just come around you and all of a sudden your prayer's answered? That person is able to do what you needed done? God uses people. Here on this earth, He uses people to do His bidding and to do His work. Oh, God can just speak it into existence. He can speak it into happening. But God wants to use man. We belong to God. And God wants us to belong to Him. 
and to serve him. In this story, this the focus of this story is, is on Jesus Christ, but the attitude and the actions of those men who, who brought the paralyzed man to Jesus is something that we need to look at. Their attitude, their fortitude, their way of thinking. You know, by example, these men, we can see a picture really in them of how all believers should have a burden for the lost. Notice when they couldn't even get in to see Jesus because of the crowd, they didn't give up. They could have just said, oh, hell, this looks like this bed. We'll come back some other time and left. But they didn't do that. They crawled up on the roof, tore a hole in the roof, and let their friend down to Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, they said, if we can just but get him to Jesus, we can get him healed. They had faith. You know, we need an attitude sort of like these uh, men had. It's just uh, an attitude of whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. That's what they did. Whatever it took, they did to get their friend into the presence of the, of the Lord. You know, when we have that whatever it takes attitude, we don't give up when things get difficult. How many of us Things get a little tough. They get a little hard. We'll say, well, I guess that wasn't meant to be. Well, I'll do it later. Or maybe something else will happen. We give up. Did God tell you to give up? I doubt it very seriously. If God put it on your heart, God wants you to follow through and do it. Instead of doing those difficult things, we go, we go out. I mean, instead, we all go out to make an impact on someone's life, just like these four friends did, but we go out, but we don't do what we went out to do. We slack off. We shouldn't, and, and you know, I think we all do this. Most of us have this attitude. Well, somebody else will do it. How many of us have that attitude? Well, I don't have to. Somebody else will do it. What if somebody else isn't going to do it? Oh, God can use anybody. But the chances are, He sent you to do it. And we have that attitude, well, somebody else will do it. And most of the time, when we have that attitude, it don't get done. Instead, we should be concerned enough for someone's salvation to try to win them over to Jesus. Are we truly concerned about someone's salvation? Do you care about someone if they don't know Jesus? Are you, or do you just slough it off and say, well, one day they'll learn their lesson instead of talking to them about Jesus, about His love, about His mercy, about His grace, what He did for you on that cross. He loves you so much He died for you so that you could have salvation, so that you could have eternal life, so that one day you could be in heaven with Him for all eternity. He's telling you, hey, accept me, bypass hell. You don't have to go to hell. You can have heaven. It's totally up to us. You know, if we feel that it's not our responsibility to lead people to Jesus Christ, there's something wrong with us. We're either lost ourselves, or we're deceived in our thinking, or we're being disobedient to God. 
One of those three. We either lost ourselves or we're disobedient to God. If God sent you out to do something and you don't do it, that's called disobedience. Many people, and I've had them do this, will come to me and say, hey, I know a man that sure needs to have somebody talk to him about Jesus. I look at him and say, do you know him? Oh, yeah. I said, go talk to him. A pastor does not grow churches. The church people grow churches. God grows churches. If God sent you out to do something, go do it. Don't come by and say, Pastor, you need to go see so-and-so. He's a friend of mine, and I'd like for you to go see him. If he's such a good friend, don't you care about him? Well, yeah, I care about him. Well, then go talk to him. You can do more than I can. A pastor does not grow churches. You grow churches by your visitation, by your talking to people, by you inviting people to come to church. When's the last time you've invited somebody to come to church? I don't see them. We have to be obedient to God. God says, I'd rather have obedience than sacrifice. God wants our obedience when He calls us to do something. Do it! Don't say, well, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else probably will sooner or later. But will they do it in time to keep that man out of hell? If you'd have said something you might have been a lifeline to keep that man out of hell. We should have an attitude that whatever God calls me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm committed to God and, and to do all things I can to tell somebody about God and to show them His love. People look at us. They look for God through you. You're supposed to be a Christian. How do you act? Do they see Jesus in you? Does the Bible not tell us that we should have the mind of Christ living on the inside of us? You know what that means? To talk like Jesus, think like Jesus, to do what Jesus did. But do we? We should have that attitude. I am so committed to God, whatever He calls me to do, I'm going to do it. And most people, well, I don't know if it's God. Well, step out in faith and see if it's God. You ain't hurt nobody. Somebody said, well, I'd really rather not talk to Jesus. Just ask them. Well, can I talk to you about Him later if you're not ready now? Most of you will tell you, yeah, see me later. Some people don't want to talk about Jesus right now. They're not ready. But I guarantee you, when you approach them, at least you have made an impact on them that they know somebody cares about them. You're going to, probably going to be the one that they'll talk to when the time comes. 
Being a Christian, we have to step out in faith and walk in faith. Most of us don't want to do that. We like that little bitty box we're in. That's our comfortable zone. We don't have to get out. We don't have to talk to anybody. We don't have to tell them about Jesus. We stay right here where somebody else will do it. Well, what if God's calling you to do it? He's not calling somebody else. He's calling you. And God wants your obedience. You know, God may already have that man all primed and ready to say yes to your invitation. Because you're a friend. A friend can do a whole lot more than a stranger. You can show that man a love that a stranger cannot show him. You can be sincere with them because you know them. Most of the time you know what they're going through. You know what's going on in their life. You can sympathize with them. Maybe you've been through that same thing. Sometimes God says we go through things to better equip us to help somebody else go through that thing. I know my wife has talked to women about cancer. Well, how? Because she had it. She went through it. She knows what chemo. She knows about all that stuff. She knows how long it took. She knows the pain. She knows the things that go on. She can be a witness. The whole time that she had cancer, she never missed a day's work. She worked. People say, what are you doing here? You've got cancer. So she said, I don't have cancer. I'm healed. We never confess cancer. We'd always give praise and thanks to God. Say, God, thank you for healing this cancer. Within about four months, she was totally and completely healed. Totally, completely healed. That's been how many years? Six? Huh? That ooh. Long time. But see. When you give the glory and the credit to God, He is a God of rewards. I'm going to show you that. These four men did not even know for certain if they could get in to see Jesus. They didn't know if they could get in there or not. But they acted on their faith. And they got in. They didn't know for sure if Jesus would heal their friend. But they acted on their faith and Jesus healed him. They didn't know for sure if they could get through the roof. But they did it by faith and they got through the roof. You know, faith can lead to amazing things. When God sees your faith, your faith is what puts God in action on your part. When you pray and He sees that faith, he starts working on what you need because of your faith. <clears throat> Here's what I was going to talk about. Hebrews 11.6 It says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is God. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you diligently seek God, what does diligently to seek God mean? To seek Him with all your mind, heart, soul, strength. When you do that, God rewards you 
for your diligence. He rewards you because of your faith. He rewards you because you believe in Him. You believe in Him. And He, he rewards you. You know, by faith, we can be who God wants us to be. By faith, we can do what God calls us to do. When God calls you to do, step out in faith knowing, God, you called me to do it, so you make the way. And God will make the way for you. By faith, we can overcome any obstacle that Satan puts in front of you. You can overcome it. Faith, by faith we can win this generation to God that everyone says there's no hope for. By faith, believe it, God, if you call me to do it, I can do it. Because it's not me doing it, it's you doing it through me. God will make it happen because He is God. And He can make it happen. How's your faith today? Do you have enough faith? Do you truly, truly believe? Do you have the faith that it takes? What kind of attitude do you have? You have, God, if you call me, I'm going to just do it. I'm not going to question you. Are you ready to be used by God? Do you want God to use you? God wants to use you. God will use you. I just thank Him. What is this church missing? What is this church missing by us not being obedient to God? When we're out and we run into somebody and something comes up about Jesus and you're talking about Jesus, have you ever asked them, do you go to church anywhere? Where do you go to church? I'm not saying to you, you try to bribe or talk somebody into leaving their church and coming here. No. If they don't have a church, invite them. I'm not a church robber. If they're happy, they're getting what they need, praise God, I'm glad for them. But if they don't have a church, I'd like to have them in here. When you say somebody else will do it, you be that somebody else. You be the one to do it. What is the worst thing, think about it, what is the worst thing that's probably going to happen if you ask somebody to come and visit your church or come to church with you? What's going to be the worst thing? Well, I don't believe I can get there this week. Maybe next. They're not going to get mad at you. They're probably going to be very grateful that you thought enough to even ask them and invite them. Because chances are nobody else has. Maybe they're looking for something. You may be the one to show it to them. You may be the one to show them what they're looking for. When we are obedient to God, you can sit back and you can watch your church grow. I guarantee you, your church will grow. And on top of that, not only will your church grow, but your blessings will grow. Your blessings. When you're obedient, God blesses. Do you need blessings? Do you, do you, I'm sure we all need blessings. 
And God is a God of blessings through obedience. So just remember one thing. I'm going to ask the band to come up. What it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Church, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by what we see. Everything you see out here is temporary. It's temporary. It's not, this church one day will not be here. Maybe it'll be a big, huge church, a new church, but not this church. One day this church will be gone. We know that one day this world is not going to be here. But we're going to have a new world. It's going to be called the New Jerusalem. But we will reside with God forever and ever and ever. Do you know for a fact that you're going to be in the new Jerusalem? If you need blessings from God, if you need God to do something in your life, we have an altar up here. And I'm going to ask as a band plays, if you need something from God, I'll be glad to pray with you. I'll launch you with oil. But if you just, just need, sometimes we just need to visit with God. I'm talking about when I say visit, be honest with God. God knows what you're God knows what's on your mind. You say, well, I don't really want to tell God that. I'm sorry He already knows it. Be honest with Him. And then listen to what He tells you. So as a band plays, if you do need something, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar or I'll pray with you down here if you want me to. And I'll anoint you with all. So as a band plays, let us stand. If you need something from, from God, today is the day for Jesus is in the house.